Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Yeah, you want to get tried? Yeah. That's how you want to start, huh? Yep. All right, Kyle. Go ahead. I really love John Mayer. Adam, I, I enjoy Adam. Boy. Yeah, I got a few uh, Adam John Mayer out. Yeah. I'm one for one. Let's go. There you go. Let's start go. the morning off on the right way. Note. Let's go. Some energy on a Sunday morning. It's a beautiful day here in the Mile High City, otherwise known as Titletown, USA. There it is. Good morning, Kyle Reese. How you doing, pal? It's still surreal, man. It still doesn't uh, still doesn't sound right when I say it. Is that right? Yeah, I'm still I'm I'm struggling with it a little bit. Are in you? a good way though. Like, you know, accepting success. Okay. You know, that that is a thing for some people. Is this like taking a compliment? Like you have a hard time a doing little it? Bit. A little bit. A little bit. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, good morning and thank you for tuning in on Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese, as always, on your Sunday morning. Ty Fuji with us behind the glass. Shout out to Ty on the ones and twos. Kyle, we got a bunch to get into today, but this is the time of year, man. I mean, we're going to talk, obviously, a lot about this Nuggets championship, certainly, but this is the time of the year when when it's sports. Sports just grind down to a slow little halt. Mm. That's what happens. We, we, We Hockey's done. Basketball's done. We got baseball. And then, of course, whatever, you know, arena football league they play in the summer. USFL. Yeah, USFL. Yeah. yeah. I think it was the WAGCHFL. That's what's coming out this year. The WAGCHFL? Yeah. 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 Do you know what that stands for? Hit me. No, I don't either. Okay. So I just was <laughs> trying to understand if, if you knew what that stood for. Because oh, I don't. man. WNBA's plan. That WNBA is playing, and then TBT, the basketball tournament, is coming up here in about a month or so. These things are growing in popularity a little bit, but, Mm. I mean, the four majors are the four majors. The four majors are the four majors. And I kind of want to start with the parade, obviously. I saw you were out there at the parade. Yeah. Kyle uh, Reese made an appearance. And that's not my my get-down, man. No, that's why I was pretty surprised. Yeah, and so, um, but I wanted to be out there for a historic moment in Denver, and obviously we were set up down there at the Sheridan downtown, and they did a great job of hosting, and... And all of those things. So I wanted to be a part of that. And I had some time, man. What they say? I, I, I got time today. You definitely I, had, I had time, time. I got time today. On that Thursday. So I, so I did, man. It how was, was the environment? Um, it was cool. I was surprised um, with how easy it was to get down there mm. and, and get close to Broadway. Um, so that was cool. Um, and, and people were, I mean, you could tell it was something special. And, and you could tell that people were energized. And uh, what I... What's special about this is that this is something people can unify behind, right? And you can celebrate together, and people that don't know each other can high-five each other and uh, and, and cheers and all those things. And you saw all of that going on uh, downtown. There were men, there were women, there were young people, there were old people. It was just young and old. You're kidding. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> Damn. Get out of here, man. You man, know what I'm women? saying. Yeah, yeah. It, wow. It was, it was just, it was something that brought all people from yeah. all walks of life together, young and old, and it, it was cool to see, man. So I tease you, but it's definitely a pinch me moment. I mean, no back-to-back parades and back-to-back seasons for the Avs and the Nuggets is, it's unheard of around here, certainly. And it's, I feel like it's re-energized us because right. for so long, this has been Broncos country and it will always be Broncos country. Let's not forget that. But I think that as far as a sports town, it was a long time before we'd seen 
a championship outside of the Denver Broncos. It's a long time before we had seen serious contention outside of the Denver Broncos. In fact, it had been nearly 20 years, right? The Avs won in 01 ever since. The Nuggets sniffed it in 09. But outside of that, we haven't had it. And I guess, you know, there was that, that October in 2007. Some might know it better as Rocktober. Yeah. But that feels like a fever dream. It was a blur, point. yeah. Yeah. But I think for a sports town, this is really a great sports town. We have sports fans for just about everything. And and so to be able to go through this as a community, back-to-back years, the vibe I got on Thursday was like, oh, I remember what this was like because we just did this last year. Let's just run it back. Right. Except it's for a different team this time. But credit to Denver for showing out. I mean, I think they they guesstimated around 550000 for the Avs Parade. And for the Nuggets parade, they estimate around 750000 is what I read. So, again, starting to breed more of the young fan base. And obviously with the TV situation, I think fans have felt disconnected from their teams. Mm-hmm. Specifically the fact that it's been going on now four years in a row. That this kind of helped bring everybody back in, in a big way. Because winning, Kyle, cures all. It cures all. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing that dawned on me down there. I was like, man, how many people... Well, how important winning is, mm. right? Because everyone wants to be associated with, right? It. And uh, and everybody locked in that day. It was it was good to see. And you're right. It it is something that you know I don't want to take for granted, right? Having done this two years in a row, because oh, we you, can't do that. You, man. you, you can't. can't. You can't because it's uh, this is a, a extremely special moment. And I don't know, and maybe we can do this throughout the show. If there's another city that's experienced. This the first city that Boston, perhaps I'm sure. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is special. Yeah, hell yeah. Two it's years special. in a row, two different franchises. Absolutely. Right? And the Cronkies are making out like bandits, man. You want to talk about a couple of guys that have had a really solid last three years? No Rams, Super Bowl, Stanley Cup championship, and then an NBA title. Some guys have all those stuff. guys are getting used to being on fire trucks. That ain't right. Like yeah. you're not supposed to be able to get used to being on a it's fire truck. To be special man, unless you work as a fireman, unless you are, unless you are the back of the truck, right? Right. You yeah. Three out of four years. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Some guys, man, you take no, it straight to the bank. In a row, actually, you, what for them? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to three say. Three years in a row. Rams they didn't skip a year. Yeah. Avs, Nuggets. That's what I'm saying. They're used to. They already. They've got a cigar guy on retainer. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. They've got a champagne guy. They got a Don Julio guy. You know, that's these are the. You know what's so funny is, and you watch the Nuggets. Obviously, had had the parade. Then they went out to Vegas. Oh, but boy. to but to see the fact that you know this team was not only as close as we thought it was all year, but the fact that they, in my opinion, it feels like that's a team that. Man, and this is something that I've been talking about for a long time, and I think we've we brought it up on our show a few times. Their culture is rare. You don't find the Nuggets culture in many different places. There's a reason why their superstar sets the tone by being humble. Everybody reads the headlines, oh, Nikola Jokic doesn't care. Oh, Nikola Jokic left his NBA Finals MVP behind. No, no, no. That's the stuff that doesn't matter to Nicola. The stuff that matters to Nicola is being with the boys. It's celebrating with the community. And I got the vibe from them on the fire truck that maybe it sunk in with Nicola just a little bit more than it had previously. Like, oh, I get the community aspect of it. Because knowing him the way that, you know, I do, having covered them for five years, he's a guy that he cares about interpersonal connection and relationships that matters way more to him, which is why I think you heard him with the change of heart 
post-game presser, ugh, when's the parade? Thursday? Right. No, no, no. And then I want to stay on. I want to stay on bleeping parade. Yeah, I think that's that's when it really kicked in, man. Like, t- talk about interpersonal relationships. He didn't realize that we, as fan bases, have that with them, right? And that, of course, and now right. he can now he can acknowledge that as a two way relationship, right? And um, and that was a special moment when when he got up there and said, "Yeah, matter of fact, I'm having the time of my life. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we should do this again." Um, that's that's it's just a cool moment, man. What was what was your parade highlight? Like I look back last year on the Avalanche parade, and there's a bunch of moments that stick out to me. And I was wondering how the Nuggets would do because hockey guys, by nature, in my opinion, just they can cut it loose a little easier than than basketball players. It's just you're hanging out with the boys. It's kind of part of the culture, right? In, in the NBA, it is certainly part of the culture, but it's more clubs and it's more going out. Right? Hockey is more like we can just throw back whenever. You know, even in the, yeah. you want to meet we're by the vending machine on on room twenty five. Exactly, <laughs> we're, we're those guys. Uh, my my highlight was when they were turning from I believe seventeenth or eighteenth. I can't remember which one goes east um, onto Broadway, and the fire truck had to pause for a second. And and this is Nicola and Jamal Murray, mm. uh, and they have all the trophies at the at the head of the fire truck, and Jamal Murray is taking people's shirts mm. and yeah, Sharpie and signing autographs. And I'm like, has he done that all the way from Union Station? And I'm sure he did it off and on, right? And at that point, you know, I'm sure they had been in there for 30 or 40 minutes and he was still doing it. And he was, yes, and he was signaling people, yeah, throw it up, throw it up. And if he missed it, he would say sorry. And he mm. was just so connected with the fans in, in that way. Um, that that was a special moment. And then I reflected on a few years ago when no one wanted to see them, when they were hosting kids and having a nugget for a day and signing autographs and basketballs and all those things, and we had a chance to do that. So uh, it's just like, man, this is who this guy is. And I had a great deal of appreciation for that. It always feels great to feel the love. No doubt. And that's one of the unique experiences about our tradition of championship parades. Yeah, I mean, 750,000 people came out. to see you. That's it, It's just a really rare moment. And I think, and this is one thing I kind of want to get into, certainly more over the summer and as we move forward towards the next season. But we, like you mentioned, we can't take this for granted because nothing next year is guaranteed. If there's one lesson that we learned from the avalanche season, and, and I remember this as if it were yesterday, sitting down at Brothers Barbecue with Zach and Stoke and DMAC and Mike Evans at the beginning of the Av season this year, and the final question being, do we like Colorado's chances to run it back? And every single one of us said, barring injury, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's what okay, I mean. well, we can certainly talk about the injuries that they suffered, but that wasn't the only reason. Now, do I think, had, had they been healthy, do I think there's a good chance they would have been there near the end? Yeah, I do. But it's not guaranteed. That's a huge, huge caveat, if they're healthy, right? Barring injury. So looking forward to the Nuggets, I think it is important to appreciate this in the moment because naturally one of the questions that will arise is the motivation the same. Is the desire the same? Is the hunger? Is the drive the same? Because we just naturally assumed with the abs it would be there. And I think it was to start the year. There was a bit of a championship hangover. They started out of the gates really quick. Then they kind of tumbled. Guys got hurt. And it's like, oh, man, here's the grind of an 82-game season. Right. So and we I played till damn near July last year. Exactly. And so I think for, for Denver, 
this upcoming year, it's going to be handled differently. Load management. What are we going to do about MPJ and Jamal to make sure these guys are fresh? Because as we saw, Murray and Jokic are the two greatest statistical playoff risers of all time as far as points per game averaged in the regular season for their career and points per game averaged in the playoffs. So if you have those two type, uh, those those two personalities that that rise to the occasion in the biggest moments on the biggest stage how do we keep those guys fresh for that time yeah and health in in this particular playoffs played a huge factor if you look at what happened to milwaukee um jimmy butler obviously wasn't at his best so um you know there's there's a lot of things that had to fall in the right place for the nuggets to have success this year uh one thing that i I guess i want to bounce this off of you too is i would love to see the blueprint of the warriors followed all right. If you look at this team, four of their top eight contributors were drafted and developed. This is not an acquisition team. This is a development team. And that mm. kind of restores a lot of people's faith in the NBA, right? Because, hey, man, you can do this this way. And, and what I would call the right way. I kind of enjoyed seeing teams like the Lakers and the Suns fall on their face because I, I want to see guys grow and develop and go through the, the rigors of, of losing and failing and then coming back and ultimately achieving their goals. So um, I want to see this team follow the blueprint of the Warriors and live long enough to become a villain because they're darlings now, right? They're lovable. Oh, that's cute. The Nuggets won the championship. Three years from now, I would love to hear people say, I'm ready to see somebody else. Yeah. But I think it's so important for the fans here to stay in the moment because it's fleeting. And with Nicola, he's such a rare bird that when he's gone, it's going to feel like a vacuum of a black hole in space and time. Like when Jordan left. Oh, yeah. I just remember the feeling, and I was young, but I remember the feeling in Chicago when he retired. And the next season, it just felt empty. The whole league, But it wasn't the league. It was a city. It was just... Oh, man. What are we going to do now? Yeah. And I'm not comparing the two because the Magnus, I mean, all all credit to Nicola, but he'll never be on be in like that, that in this city, though. No question. Absolutely. No question, especially for Nuggets fans. And, and especially if they're able to get back to the mountaintop. Mm. They're going to sit here and enjoy it. But if they get back to the mountaintop, that love between the player and the fan base, it only grows. I mean, if we have another instance where Nicola is riding down 17th on a fire truck, People, people's adoration for him will only grow. So when I look back on their first title run, first of all, 16-4, and four, same record as the Avs, unbelievably dominant run. I mean, unbelievably dominant run through the playoffs. They answered just about every question that I had about them. They did. Second unit, I was curious how they would operate there. They shortened the rotation, and they got big contributions from Bruce Brown and at different times from Christian Brown. And I... Jeff Green, you're going to have to throw in there as well. Although we can talk about him. Crockies uh, can't be too happy with him. Did you see him at the Vegas nightclub? Uh, with the Golden Knights. Yeah. Shirt, yeah. He wearing the yeah. Vegas sweater. Jersey, yeah. No. That's, that's, a, that's as big of a party foul as you can get. Yeah. He also wore a Sonics hat in the parade. Yeah, that's okay. Because yeah. that was the hat that he had when he was drafted. drafted. So I'm okay with you're that. Okay. But you can't go to Vegas and wear a Golden Knights jersey. Now that's sacrilege. That's in, in fact, I don't know if I want you back next year. Jeff? Well, you're not under contract. So. Jeffrey? <laughs> so. But I, but I look back and I think back to the Minnesota series. What sticks out to you about that series? The Minnesota series? The Minnesota series. Oh, man. Um, honestly, Anthony Edwards is, was huge did, for me. Did he? Did yeah. he really? Like, what were his? I, I just didn't Stop see it, it that way. Stop it. 
That kid is a budding superstar. He and he's one of those athletes. I feel like can play anything. I feel like if he was a football player, he'd be really good at it too. So you look back on the Nuggets first round series, and what sticks out to you is Anthony Edwards. Yes, because the Minnesota series is so like you're supposed to do that, right? I I was. What what were the expectations? You would have been super ticked off had they had that series gone six games, right? That would have been the max in terms of success rate for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I, it's an afterthought for me because that was just a part of the progress. I, I, it, I don't think about it in that way. I'll tell you what sticks out to me. Go ahead. Game four in Minnesota. They lose in overtime. Right? That was game four. Was that game four? And they were down 12 in like the last minute and a half. They battle back and tie it. Yes. And then they fumble it away in overtime. Okay. And I remember thinking to myself, man, that might be the worst effort that you get from the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. And they still got it to overtime when they really had no business getting there. They should have lost in regulation. But that's how good they were just to push it over the top. And it's not like Minnesota's a team of patsies. I mean, we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Like you said, your guy, Anthony Edwards, even though, you know, it's funny. star, man. Here's a fun fact about Anthony Edwards. He's actually the second best Anthony Edwards ever. You know the first best one was? Goose in Top Gun. That's the actor's name. Look it up. (laughs) The more you know. Talk to me, Goose. But I look back on that game, (laughs) game four, and think to myself, damn, this is a really good team. Like, they, they really shouldn't be in overtime right now, and they got it there. Now, they couldn't close, but they came back and took care of business, and it was a big bounce back, and they advanced on the first round. So I think, you know, all things considered, good first step and also a good lesson in the playoffs that you can't take anything for granted. You're up 3 nothing. It doesn't mean that that team over there isn't just going to lay down and quit. Yeah. So are you saying that's when you knew? No, no, no. I'm just kind of going through chronologically here and saying at which points in the playoffs did I learn what about this team? Mm. I learned in the Mm. first round that... Mental toughness. First of all, mental toughness. Second of all, they're damn good. Okay. Right, because that was a question we had heading into the playoffs is, hey, they've taken their foot off the gas here at the end of the season. Nicola kind of punted on MVP. Can they ramp it back up? Well... You better believe it, pal. Yeah. And they certainly did. Well, in that particular game, uh, I think they told you a lot about perimeter shooting as well. Mm. Right? They, they got hot down the stretch, which allowed them to get, get back into the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, could, I could sign off on your, your mental toughness. The other, thing I'll tell you, there. the other thing I'll tell you, no one's going to be able to stop Nicola. If Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns couldn't get it done, that was the other thing I learned. Yeah. Although, right? And I know you're going in order here. There, there was something down the line in terms of what the Lakers thought they had. Well, let's get right? there. And you're but going in the in Phoenix order. series, yep, the Phoenix series, that's where the rubber met the road. In fact, I had Phoenix. Did you have Phoenix in that series? No, but I was nervous. Yeah, I had Phoenix I in nervous. six in that series. Okay. I did. And then the first two games, it was uh, eye-opening because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker pretty much got whatever shot they wanted. And that was when we learned about the Venus flytrap, where Denver says, look, if you want to shoot from the mid-range, Go ahead. You want to take that mid-range shot? Beat us from there. Right. You're not going to. That's not going to happen. Because I'll trade you a Jokic floater or a Jokic hook shot for your mid-range two all day, every day, and I'm going to shoot a higher percentage. Right. Then in games three and four, we said, oh, boy, you know, Denver doesn't have one of those dudes. Like, Jamal Murray can be those that guy for a quarter, maybe, maybe a quarter and a half, but the Nuggets don't have a Devin Booker who can give you, you know, nearly 50 on 80% from the field. Yeah, well, as they guard. 20 for 25 in, in, in one of those games, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. And, and look, 
the stars showed up because Nicola scored 53 points in game three, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and still, and I think Jamal was 32. Yeah. So, so you know, between the two of them, 85 points and still lose, right? But it took – that didn't make me so nervous because it took all-time performances by two all-time great scores. And to duplicate that four times um, – I just didn't see that happening. So it didn't make me as nervous, but you knew the talent was there. But the, the supporting cast, look, Landry Shaman got hot in one game in the fourth quarter. I, I, those things just, they don't happen from game to game in, in, in a seven-game series. So that didn't that didn't scare me. Another lesson in that series was resiliency. We talked about mental toughness in that Minnesota series. Well, they were resilient. They came back to Denver tied 2-2 yeah. and then won the next two in dominant fashion. They blew the doors off of them in Game 5, and then in Game 6, they just sent them right to Cancun. And, in fact, they blew up the Phoenix Suns. Monty Williams got fired. Chris Paul got waived. DeAndre Ayton's on his way out of town. They might spend, I don't know how the hell they're going to do it, but they might spend whatever it is on Bradley Beal for the love. So not only did I learn that, first of all, that the Nuggets are resilient, even more so maybe than I had thought, because, like I said, I had them losing that series. But I also learned that they're the best team in the league. By the end of that series, you you could tell that they were playing the highest quality of basketball, despite the fact that they lost games three and four in the NBA. They were. Okay. It's not even a question. Yeah. Like, it's not even quite Milwaukee fumbled out of the game. Yeah, Milwaukee was gone by that time. The Sixers were still around. The Sixers and, and the Boston went to seven, around. and it was, yeah. a, it was a cluster of a series. Cluster. Yeah, I, but those two teams still made me nervous. All right, well, that, yeah. can, that can be true, but Denver was still playing the best basketball. Okay. And you can still acknowledge how good they are, but to my opinion, in my opinion at least, and that's why I picked Nuggets in a sweep over the Lakers. Okay. Because it was at the end of those, you know, games five and six where you go, oh, boy. <laughs> hey, their A game is coming. way better than everybody else's. And I see the Lakers. They're old. They're weak. They, they're, they don't have good chemistry. Right. And they're, well, you know, we're licking our chops over here. They don't have the two things that you just detailed in the first two series, right? Mm. They don't have the mental toughness, for mm. sure, because you have Anthony Davis on your team, mm. and right. you don't have the resiliency, because you'll watch how D'Angelo Russell... Well, you just don't have the dudes, quite frankly. I mean, you need guys to scrap. They didn't really have anybody. Uh, they, they, they were a talented enough team. Austin Reeves is talented enough. Russell showed you what he could do in the Their previous luck had run series. Out. Yeah, but anyway... So in the Lakers series, I think we also then learn, not only are they the best team in the league, but Jamal Murray... He can be the second-best player on a championship team. Like, he's had some good moments throughout the playoffs, but he averaged over 32 points a game in that series. He was great at basketball. Yeah, he was sensational. Hey, talk about that guy who must be feeling some type of way right now, but I don't know, man. You, you go back and look at that L.A. series. The Nuggets, you talk about mental toughness in the first series. You talk about resiliency against Phoenix. I think dominance is what I would describe the Lakers series, that this not only can be the best team in the league, it can be a dominant team. That can beat you any sort of way. Take the last two games of the Sun series and the first two games of the Lakers series. And to me, those were series where they had to counter, right? The Suns came back, tied it up up 2-2, right? You Mm -hmm. had to counter that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you had to adjust. And I don't care what people say about Michael Malone. You only notice his adjustments when they don't work, right? So you you had to counter the Suns. And now the Lakers come in. They lose first in the first game, but they believe they found something in Ruri Hachimura, mm. right? <laughs> and so now you've got to go in dealing with exactly. the national media, right? You've got to deal with what momentum they believe they have. They feel like they can do what Miami did and steal one from you at home. 
And what did you do? Left no doubt in game two. Right? It was a closer game. I believe 103 to 108 or something like that. But Lakers, even still, yeah. even still, that you were able to counter their counter. And now it's like, well, what do the Lakers have left? At that point in the playoffs, I think we learned that Denver was a different weight class than everyone else. Because, I mean, look, I mean, Boston, I think, would have had our full attention. And certainly, you know, we... we I don't know. Maybe I, maybe that's giving them too much respect. I was pretty confident. I had I had the Nuggets in a sweep in the finals, and it nearly was that yeah. if they didn't lose Game Two. Fell asleep at the wheel, allowing right. seventeen threes and only losing by three. Right, blowing eight point lead in the fourth quarter. It, it was at the end of the Lakers series that, for, well, for me, it was really at the end of the Phoenix series. But by the end of the Lakers series, I was extremely confident that this that this group was ready. Okay. They're ready for the next step. And then getting Miami, obviously that was a big break, not having to open up on the road at Boston. I don't think they lose that series, but I think it's a tighter series for sure. Probably six. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Because they're just too, too seasoned of a team, but they were, they were, you know, coming off the rails the entire playoffs. And then in the finals, man, I think we learned that this team is historic. And to have that perspective compared to where we started the playoffs with so many questions, where we're looking at it by the end of the finals and talking about an all-time great duo, an all-time great big man, and one of, you know, as far as Robin to his Batman, one of the better Robins we've seen in the past, I don't know, Kyle, 10 years, truthfully. Jamal was fantastic this playoffs. Put him at the top. And I also think we learned from that finals run that this is a Denver team that really isn't going to go anywhere as long as Nikola Jokic is still playing basketball because he's an unstoppable force at the moment in time. It will change one day. But right now, he is the best basketball player in the world. I love Giannis. I think Giannis is a freak. I think he is a ridiculous talent. Stopping him downhill is one of the toughest things to do in the NBA. But the fact of the matter remains, you want to talk about total package? What Nikola Jokic does to affect his team's winning is right up there with Michael Jordan and LeBron James, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, as far as his impact on winning. It's that great. It really is. I couldn't say it better myself. And and you're right. As long as he is healthy and he's motivated, which, you know, it's hard to see those two things coming to loose. Um, the Nuggets are going to be a factor. And if and if you're ready to look ahead, you ready to look ahead? You're not ready to look ahead. No. You're not ready to look ahead. No, we'll look ahead. Maybe. Stay here. Maybe we'll All look right. ahead a little bit. Let's stay here. Hey, join in on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. We're going to take your reaction, your text here coming up in a little bit. I see a few already for us on there. Uh, but coming up next, the Broncos wrapped up minicamp this week, and they are now off until training camp. How do we feel about where they've come? And how far do they have left to go before things start back up the end of July? That's next on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. You know that I, I told that uh, I don't want to stay on parade, but I want to stay on parade. This is the best. Like the fire that needs the air. Yeah. I won't burn unless you're there. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. I won't burn unless you're there. Fearless. America got a thing. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Welcome to Titletown. Take a look around. Bask in that sunshine. Because the titles belong here. Man. And maybe Vegas, too. 
Vegas, Vegas showed out. We're going to talk about Vegas a little bit later. But Vegas had their cup parade last night. And as salty as I am that they won, and as salty as I am that it was Vegas, they did it right. I, I, was, I, I, I had to, to them. I was impressed. Like, I don't know if I can go to a full, like a full attaboy for Vegas, but I can give you a hat tip. Like, they, they made hockey fans proud everywhere. They had this really dope drone set up above the stage where they had all the, you know how you've seen those videos in like the Middle East and in Asia where they do all the drone shows and stuff like that. Okay. They had a drone Stanley Cup. There was a, a a Stanley Cup in the sky out of drones. Really? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, oh man, we didn't have that. <laughs> like, that looks nice. Gotta step it up. I'm trying to get, see one, trying to get me some. You know what? what? That'd be like. Let's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you just scored some points with me. Man. Well, at least yeah. that's one of the last four mornings. There you Mini go. camp wrapped up for the Denver Broncos this week. <laughs> Sean Payton's first full off season at the helm. OTAs, you know, voluntary rookie mini camp. Now finally, mini camp's over. There was no field day. They had to take the eggs back to the grocery store. They put the spoons back in the cafeteria. They returned the water balloons to Target. The sacks for the sack races were put back in the equipment shed. Hey, they won't be used this year. Sean Payton's got those guys working. And he seems pretty happy with the progress down at Dove Valley. Are you happy with what you've seen so far based upon the fact that we have barely seen anything? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is there to say about that? I, I will say um, in his limited pressers, mm. he seems to have command. And that is encouraging. And that is why you brought him in, right? Because not only does he have the credentials and the history and all those things, but he has command from front to back of the organization. And uh, Would and, you say from top down? Front to back and top down? Whatever. You see, you're on a roll this morning. Mm. <laughs> I haven't forgot about the young and old thing either. I, I'm gonna get, we're going to bring that one back up. Well, too. good. Yeah, no doubt. I, but yeah, top down, front to back, whatever. However you want to side, side, side to side. Side to side. I think I, I think low. I think you're right, and I mean, look, this is what we were asking for—an adult in the room. There you after go. last year, after Nathaniel Hackett was Kevin from the office, bringing in his home cooked chili and spilling it all over the floor, and then rolling in it. We needed somebody like this at the helm. You had to find a way to end the constant turnover, and one of the biggest things that Sean Payton is going to have to do is reset the culture. And we're going to have a discussion a little bit later in the show about culture because Coach Prime opened up a little bit on the Joel Klatt show, and there's some very interesting audio I want your reaction to. But as far as resetting the culture in Broncos country, Klatt used a phrase in that interview that I want to use for this discussion. He said, the culture is the standard. And if we think back to what the standard in Broncos country used to be, talking playoffs, talking winning seasons, beating the Chiefs, beating the Raiders, Having a firm share of what the AFC West looks like every year. And it hasn't been that way for the past seven seasons. So not only do I think they have the right person at the helm, but I really believe that this is everything that we've been asking for. Yeah, you're going to get some things that you didn't ask for along with it. For sure. Please come with the dog. And we've seen it. It is what it is. And uh, so so you've got to accept that. Uh, But you're right. And, and I don't think that is as difficult as you might believe in terms of resetting the culture, because it's not like Russell Wilson is a bad culture guy. 
right? He's not a person that you want to hate. You just couldn't stand him because he did, played so poorly last year, right? You would have been all on board in the Instagram post and all that stuff had they gone 12 and 5, right? But they just didn't. So um, so the, the second most important person in the organization, mm. right, is not a bad culture guy, which I think is a, an encouraging uh, aspect. Wait, 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 what do you mean, the second most? Well, because the, the, co- the coach sets it, right? And the quarterback ideally, right, continues that culture or continues what he wants in the locker room. So who's one and who's two? I think the coach is because you're, because you're going to follow that culture. Look at what the Patriots do. Does Bill Belichick not set the culture there? Right? Look at what the Spurs do. Does Greg Popovich not set the culture there? So I think they are the ones who have to set what they want. And then your best player, or ideally your your best player, then follows in line. Who was one and who was two last year? I think that was in reverse. And I wouldn't even call Hackett two. Right? He might have been somewhere down four or five. The situation we have here, I'm going to equate it to... A babysitter watching the kids. Kids are giving them a hard time. You're not going to bed. You want to watch more TV, more yeah. cartoons. Let yeah. me watch 20 more minutes of the movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll take, you know, an extra pack of Skittles. Can you make me, you know, a- another grilled cheese? Yep. And now the, the kids are watching a damn babysitter. Mm-hmm. And then dad walks in the door at 1030. He's had a couple. Okay. <laughs> Dad's had a couple, but we're right to bed. You know, what's lights out. Here? Yeah, what's going on here? And the, all you hear is pitter-patter up the stairs. That's kind of where the Broncos are at now. Dad walked in, and they had to clean that ship up. Yeah. Okay? Man. Well I am telling you, I'm on fire well this morning. Done. They had to clean that up this year. And I think when you look at what they've done for their roster, they filled a lot of holes. But more than anything, they brought Dad in who's going to have everything under his thumb. Right, he, he he's not going to miss ever, anything. I actually had this conversation yesterday. I said, look, I don't ever want to be a dad, but if I was a dad, my kids would never get away with anything. I wouldn't fall for any of those lines. I, I used them all. Yeah, I used them all. Yeah. I know what I'm looking for. Sean Payton knows what he's looking for. He has a vision, and that's what Hackett didn't have. Hackett had ideas. Hackett had thoughts. But Sean Payton has implemented his vision, implemented a culture before, and I believe has taken firm control of the reins. Now, what they do on the field remains to be seen. And I'm not going to crown him just because he's coming here and been assertive. <laughs> right, <laughs> if, right. we, if we learn anything from the Avs last year, it's that even in a championship season, nothing is guaranteed the next year. If we learn anything from the Broncos last year, it's that you've got to do it on the field before I'm going to believe in it. That's why we play the games. I, I think, you know, when you're drawing the comparison between the two, Hackett cared too much about being liked. He, he really wanted his players to like him. He really wanted the community to like him. And I don't think, you know, you dismiss that as being unimportant. We all want to be liked. We all want to be liked, right? And I don't care what anybody says. You care what people say about you, right? Um, well. No, 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 everybody does. Uh, everybody does. Does Sean Payton care? Um, he's going to care whether we say call him a winner or a loser, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to care about that. So, uh, you know, putting that at too far at the top of your list um, you lose the command that Sean Payton has, right? Because now you're pacifying people. And there was there was too much of that. And so you're right. Dad walked in the door, and he might have brought an uncle with him too, right? And they're kicking in the door, and everybody's, everybody's going to their quarters, and you're going to shut up, and you're going to go to bed. See you in the morning. Mm. I'm going to take some B12 and some water. <laughs> so, what, so what does little Timmy have to do to be better next time when the babysitter's over? And, of course, by little Timmy, I mean Russell Wilson. 
And we'll have that discussion next. It's Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Yo, yo, drop your glasses, shake it. Matt Smith like and Kyle Reese. We blow your mind on Sunday mornings. That's why you tune in. Different. Yeah, I just I just felt like bringing a bringing a different different flavor this morning. Okay. I know you like it. No, it's dope. Can't lie. It's rock and roll. So Vegas, we talked about a little bit. Vegas last night. Did you see? I don't know exactly where they were. You need to see these these. This footage because because first of all the crowd was insane. I, I've seen a lot of crazy parties in Vegas. Certainly taken taken uh, part in some, taken part in in my fair share. Okay, but nothing like that. That last night days. was a scene in Vegas, and I'd love to know where actually where they were because I've never seen that many people gathered in one spot in Vegas. I mean, and you see a lot of crazy stuff in Vegas, and they were all sloshed. I mean the abs the abs had a the abs had it going pretty good last year. Drunk Bednar, Miko Rantanen barely remembering English, Nathan McKinnon saying in his tenth year he finally did something, won something in this league. Kale McCarr showing personality for the first time in his life. Nazem Kadri. Uh-huh. It can rain, it can thunder, it can lightning, but we come with the avalanche, baby. Like those are the the lines I remember. Wow, wow. And we'll we'll pull up we'll pull up some of the audio here coming up in a bit. But so as I'm looking at this right, yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. it goes down from Flamingo to Trop. So if you think, okay, uh, Flamingo, and then obviously heads back towards the airport, and then yeah. T-Mobile is kind of tucked back by New York, New York. Yeah, it's right behind the New York, right, New York. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, and they built that entertainment center back there probably about eight or nine years ago. Which what? Uh, where the T-Mobile Arena is? Of at. course, yeah, 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 yeah. So that is kind of a new area. So. Yeah, I, I can see it. Getting I couldn't quite tell where they there. were. I tell you, I don't spend much time on the other side of the trop. Like the trop is about as far as I'll go on like the strip. Going towards the outlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that's really where the strip ends. Like past that. Well, MGM is right there. Well, MGM right is on the across the street. Yeah, right. Caddy Corner. Yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about Caddy Corner the opposite way where the trop is. Like past the trop, you go down there. What is it, Excalibur down there? Uh, Mandalay Bay's down there. Mandalay Bay's down there. What's the the Luxor? Is that the pyramid? It's, it's, it's uh. It's Excalibur, Luxor's down there. It's Excalibur, Trop, New York, New York, MGM on that one corner. Right, right. right. And then right. you go down towards the outlet. past the bridge, and then you got Planet Hollywood and all there that down go. there in Cosmo. There you and and all that's, that. You're right. And, and and it does, as you go up towards Sahara, that's kind of how the that's how the strip is really. Right. You know. Yeah. But like I said, I typically go the other way towards Fremont Street. Yeah, for cause, sure. Because that's where my people hang out, down on Fremont Street. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried to describe Fremont. free people? <laughs> yeah, Fremont is an experience. That yeah. is exactly what's called the Fremont experience. Too. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, have you ever tried to describe Fremont to somebody who doesn't have has never been to Fremont Street? Uh, no, but uh, I'm, how it, would you? I think it, I think I'd describe it like imagine taking a walk down Sixteenth Street Mall with a lot more nipple tassels. Like that's that how. Not bring your kids. That's that's right. <laughs> You can zip line over the top so you just close your eyes and don't see a thing. 
<laughs> we were talking about the Broncos as they've wrapped up, and we equated it to a babysitter being at home with the kids and getting their show run by the kids. We're talking about not going to bed. We're talking about more video games. We're talking about more chicken nuggets, maybe more mac and cheese. Rice Krispies treats stuck to the carpet. Do you mind if we make those, by the way? I don't really like the ones that come in a package. Yeah. My, my mom always makes them for me. Yeah. Like, that's the type of kid we're talking about. And then dad walks in the room, yeah. okay? And then dad walks in the room. And dad comes to find out that the kid has actually been telling the babysitter how things are going to go while the babysitter's over. And you and dad's just sitting there going, no way. Uh, well, this is completely, that's not how it is when I'm here. That's, not, that's foreign to me. Well, why would you think that was okay? Why did that even occur to you? Right, right. Well, I, I was just told that he, the kid told me. It's like, well, why were you listening to the kid in the first place? So now what does little Timmy do? I so love little, how you're developing this. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. Run, run. So little Timmy has had free reign. Little T- little Timmy's had the night of his life. Dad, can you go? Dad, can you go out on Friday and Saturday? Like, can you go out both days? Because I'd really love to do this all over again tomorrow. Right. But that that's not happening. In fact, I might not be going out the next month after the scene that I just walked into. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, and Ashley, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're Ashley, fired. why don't you grab your book bag and go home? Let this be the last. Yeah. Time. Tell your mom and dad not to expect a check in the mail. Okay. So now, what does little Timmy do? How does little Timmy get back into his good graces of being a well-behaved child and, and you know, cooperating? And the child dad knows. Yeah. 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 Who we raised. So how does be. that happen for little Timmy Wilson? Well, there's a dis- disciplinary phase. Okay. Right? So we, yeah. <laughs> we got to yeah. get through that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And however you care to deal with it, which I'm sure we're past. Mm-hmm. Right. Now. Time out. Time out. Sure. It's time out. Mm. Time out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks nope. like for grown men. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want you to tell me that you cleaned your room. Just clean your room because I want anonymous donors. Okay? Yeah. In this house, we have anonymous donors. Take the trash out, but don't tell me. Don't expect a cookie because you took the trash out. Just take the trash out. Listen, listen. What is it? Uh, it's who you are when no one's looking. Mm. All right? Let's get back to that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you got a little time out. Um, and and now the uh, reinstallment of the culture of the house rules and all of those things are, are now being done. And the hope and the expectation for little Timmy to become well behaved, little Timmy Wilson, of course, to become well behaved, is because there's more structure around him. And Dad's running exactly. his show now. Exactly, exactly. And and this is this happens in all coaching um, environments and locker rooms. It's easier to comply when the environment, no one else is doing the bad things, right? You don't look and say, well, I'm going to curse, but no one else is cursing, right? I'm going to throw my towel on the locker room floor, but I'm the only one. You're not going to do that if you're the only one doing it. If everyone else is in line, it's easier to fall in line. So it's time to get everybody else in line. And so at this point, right now, it's easier for the Randy Gregory's the Randy, the mm-hmm. Randy Gregory's to fall in line. It's mm-hmm. easy for those the new guys to say, "Okay, this is what the culture." The Zach Allen, okay, I'm not going to come in here messing around. Mm. It's easier for that to happen now. And I think when we look at Russ and the expectations that we have for him this year, so much of it comes from Sean Payton and just putting him in a better position to succeed, improving the offensive line so he can stay upright. Because Russell Wilson last year was the most sacked quarterback in a single season in Broncos history. And when you look at scheme, when you look at timing, when you look at design, 
All of those, we have natural expectations to improve based upon Sean Payton's history in New Orleans. Sure. I think that's a reasonable expectation. I think we're going to have to see it play out on the on the field before we actually, you know, go you know go start talking about playoffs around here. I mean, you can have those you can have those conversations, but I won't. I'm going to need to see it first. But I do have a an improved expectation of little Timmy because he does have more structure. He's got an earlier bedtime. He's only getting one bedtime story a night. I mean, I'm not reading the whole book. You're getting one chapter, and that's it. Okay, <laughs> you and the prisoner of yeah, Azkaban you never become a dad. Never. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. You know out there, what? By Happy the way. Father's Day, Kyle. As we're sitting up here, to how's it make you feel? How, how's it make you feel? It's it's outstanding. Best, does little Timmy run the show at your house? You, you hail to the gnaw. Uh huh. That's what right. When you're using hail to the gnaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Okay, so <laughs> little Timmy. Now don't forget, little Timmy is still little Timmy, and he's still got a little bit of the kid in him that. Uh, mm. Had the deviant behavior when dad was gone in the first place. And it pops, some up. Of it pops up every it's now and again. Rear so right. little Timmy is still going to make mistakes, but how right. do we deal with it when those mistakes are made and how do we limit those things, right? Mm. Limited access is part of it, right? You don't have the iPad anymore, mm. right? The video game is shut down. The funny, the field day is cut off, mm. right? Those things go away. So you, you limit some access in that way. But you, you're you willing to accept little Timmy's mistakes because the effort is there, right? So when you change the effort and the attitude around the locker room. Little Timmy got his phone taken away. No social media for little Timmy. No, I, no TikTok and none of that stuff. It's a tough it's a tough state of affairs for little Timmy. But he did happen to sneak back into his parents' room and grab the phone last night because I don't know if you saw oh Dangerous's Twitter page, but he went, he came back with another workout video. I, I look, do whatever, Russ. I, I, we don't care. Like, does does he get that now? Does do does he understand that our expectation of him when we go out of the house to have dinner on the one night a week that mom and dad get to have dinner together? We expect you to be well behaved. We expect you not to give the babysitter any lip. We expect you to be doing X, Y, and Z and behave well with Russ. I expect you to be working. I, I, I know you're training in the offseason. I really don't need to see it, man. Like, nothing has changed to that point. So while you're right, there's there's still some of that child in there, right? There's still some of that, that previous behavior that got us to where we are. At the end of the day, when he shows up for work, he's not going to work alone. He, he works with his dad. Right. right. <laughs> so right. Th- there's part of it, too, where it's like, OK, when the rubber meets the road, it's really still not your show anymore. Question for you. Yeah. Do you think it, this is a failure on our part? I know the my answer to accept the new age quarterback. Is this like is this like the conversation of blaming musicians for rapping about? Drugs and women and violence. Like, is that the effect that it's having on Russell Wilson? Is that what you're talking about here? Yeah. Is that what you're? Is that what you're blaming society for his problems? No, it's not on us. Okay. No, no, it's not on us. He had the most wins for his career that any quarterback did in NFL history the first ten years. Well, I'm not talking about the wins. I'm talking about the public persona, right? Because we have been used to guys hey. that are very hey. businesslike, hey. and there's no one that goes about their business in a more professional manner. I'll tell you why. Than one Peyton Manning. I'll tell you why not. Okay. Because if Russ won, we wouldn't have said a word about any. We might have, we might have made fun of it, you know, in, in passing because some of it is laughable. But if they were winning, 
Man, you could wear your sunglasses and your Bose headphones to practice in sure. London, and we'd be like, what a baller. But now Broncos like are 9 and 1. Force feed this to us. That's why it's disingenuous. That's why now, after a period of time without his social media, without his cell phone, being an anonymous donor, you come back and put your face on it for something that we really don't care to see. It's like, wait, wait, wait. wait I thought we were headed in a great direction here, Russ. But again, I go back to Russ's slim down. He's checked all the major boxes for the offseason that I can tell. He's okay. really limited his social media. I mean, he's had a couple of workout photos, you know, so those blurry pics where it looked like he was running 100 miles an hour. I love how he did that, too. It's like, look how fast I am when I blur everything in the background. Flash. Yeah, the flash. I saw that. better than the movie. Yeah, man, for real. Talk about For real. I mean, (laughs) Russ wishes he could run back in time. (laughs) Get that two hours back. Hey, when we come up, I know we were talking about Little Timmy, but Little Ja, Little Ja's in timeout. We finally get to have this discussion. I'm looking forward to it. That's coming up next.